From props to parlays to totals and spreads, it's time for Odds and End Zones, a feature of the Fans First Sports Network. It's time to sweat it out. Here's your hosts, Ian St. Clair and Adam Malnati. Adam, how nice is it to finally have competent coaching? Yeah. There were so many moments in that game on Monday night where the Broncos finally have competent coaching. And it starts with Sean Payton, who is without a doubt one of the best coaches in football, period. And we're starting to see that over the last two games. Over the last seven years, there is no way the Broncos win either of those games with anybody who was the head coach prior to Sean Payton. Yeah, going back to uh, the Chiefs game prior to the bye week, um, he clearly had a game plan that he put in place, and and uh, they they ran that very well. And we talked about that uh, on the last show, and and certainly it was um, it was unexpected that they got the win, but. It, you're right. It does show uh, that Sean Payton does have an impact, right? And that is the thing that we have been sort of clamoring for in Broncos country, a head coach that makes a positive difference. And it's it's funny because I go back to um, Vic Fangio's time in Denver. And Vic Fangio's time in Denver was was interesting. I, I, I don't think he was a bad coach. I think he was a bad head coach. And it was disappointing that – uh, he was a bad head coach because he had that defense playing incredibly well. But he he was horrible at, at time management, clock management. Same with Nathaniel Hackett. Really the same with Vance Joseph. If you go back to the Vance Joseph time, uh, it wasn't as bad. It wasn't as as you know, sort of a glaring uh, issue, but but time management, you know, managing the clock, that kind of thing, is I think probably more difficult than a lot of fans give it credit because we watch Peyton Manning on the Manning cast call for timeouts and freak out about what's going on. But we forget that Peyton Manning is a, a football savant and we probably shouldn't put people on his level. You can put Sean Payton on his level when it comes to what you should be doing as a, as a head coach in the NFL with clock management. Now I will say this, and I do think it's fair to point out it almost backfired. It was at the end of the game. It almost backfired the rushing out of the, of the, you know, onto the field, the kicking unit. It's, Amazing that they were able to make that work twice in that game and get the kicking unit on the field in time to kick a field goal and put points on the board. The second time, Lutz goes out there and misses on his first attempt, but what happens is the confusion and the rush creates the issue that allows for the Bills to end up with too many men on the field and then Broncos get a second chance, right? A second bite at the cherry, as uh, soccer fans are wont to hear. That to me is what makes what Sean Payton did that much better. He knows, and most people know this, I think, but don't really know how to put it into practice. He knows that when he creates that chaos with the rushing of players onto the field, the potential for mistake from the defensive side of the football increases. It was disappointing that Lutz missed the first field goal. That was frustrating. In fact, I remember sitting there with my son and my wife, you know, Anthony and, and my wife, Jen, were watching the game. I just used their names. I've never done that on the show. Here we are. Uh, 
watching the game and I said, it's, it's windy. I think he's going to miss it because the wind, if you were watching the flags, they were gusting. There was a gust and missing that first kick was almost like a blessing in a way because of the penalty, because he could read the wind after that. Cause the wind definitely prevented that ball from pushing back. He probably had a little draw on that, but the wind held it out and it just didn't make it. And the frustration was there. And Kyle Brandt was all excited on the Manning cast because he knew that the bills were going to win this game. Then too many men on the field, but the too many men on the field. Cause then will Lutz makes the kick, whatever, you know, Lutz ride as my dad texts me, uh, you know, the old man texting out Lutz ride. I like it. it. It's, it's the chaos that he created in the moment that he also created in the first half. That's what gives the Broncos the chance to win there. And aside from all the other stuff, and I, and we definitely need to get into how the Broncos played against a team that is widely considered still, even though they've lost four games this season, widely considered to be a Super Bowl contender by, by many out there. The bills are, seen as one of the upper echelon top tier teams. Although you could make the argument that they lost to the Patriots. Maybe, you know, now they've lost to the Broncos. Now that, you know, maybe they're not, maybe they're not, but that's a, that's a different conversation, but they went into Buffalo. They had a plan in place that Sean Payton came up with and they, they executed for the most part. There were things about that game that were not perfect. This was not, a walk away from here. The Broncos are amazing. Everybody knows how good they are now. This boom, that was a statement game in that way. It was a statement game, but it wasn't a we back kind of statement. It was a, okay, this team is, is maybe better than, than they certainly looked at the beginning of the things. Things are getting different. What is going on? It's, it's almost more of a, wait, wait a minute. Do we need to pay more attention to what's going on in Denver? And Sean Payton, as you pointed out, is the reason for that competent coaching who knew who knew that that's all it took it's clearly not all that it takes but it does help the thing that stands out is you're seeing buy-in this team believes now and it also has confidence they've beaten two of the better teams in the nfl the top team in the afc right now is the chiefs and the bills have been right there the last three years. They just haven't been able to get over that last hump, mainly because of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and then Joe Burrow and the Bengals last year. As for the statement game, and if it was, I I think that's getting to a point now where the expectations are so unrealistic just enjoy the fact that the Denver Broncos went on the road and beat a Buffalo Bills team that is hard to beat at Highmark Stadium, coming off of a tough loss to the Cincinnati Bengals in a very tough environment. Just enjoy the fact that the Denver Broncos went on the road and won a game nobody thought they were going to win. I did. I was going to say, I you did. I picked them to win last week. Allow me to give you your props. You did pick them to win. I believe, as you called it, vacation brain, right? Vacay brain? Uh, absolutely. I. But you can see this team is starting to believe. And it has the confidence now that it can beat anybody in the NFL. 
And let's step back. A couple of other people have said this. Rich Eisen said this. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman and even Scott Van Pelt said this. To think back to where the Broncos were in week three, where they just gave up 70 points, 70, and now they're four and five. They're in the playoff hunt. The schedule doesn't get any easier, but they just went on the road and beat a Bills team that was ticked off and knew that their season was on the line. With the schedule that the Bills now have, yikes, they may not even make the playoffs. That you're you know, you bring that up as as far as what what the Broncos looked like in week three. We, you and I, and everybody else that I know was begging for Vance Joseph to be fired. Begging for it. Uh and and I know we said I think I think we said it last week on the show and, and after they beat the Chiefs. And, and I'll say it again. Vance Joseph has as his I can't believe I'm about to say this, and I am gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna I'm gonna force myself to say it. He's been good. Uh he's been really good. Now it doesn't mean he's been perfect. And there were some things about the Broncos uh effort against the Bills that bothered me. And in particular, it was their uh, their issues with the run game. I, I do think that is a problem that they continue to have moving forward. They have to find a way to they have to find a way to fix that problem. Because if I'm a if I'm watching the Denver Broncos as uh, you know the Minnesota Vikings, which is the next test, right? Or uh, you know the, the Chargers of Los Angeles who are on the schedule twice coming up or, or any team that the Broncos might face in the future who they will face. I'm looking at, at what the bills did on offense. And what I'm recognizing is it wasn't that the bills lost that game because the Broncos defense played so incredibly well, the Broncos defense played well, the Broncos defense created turnovers, right? The, the first play from scrimmage stripping the ball, uh, Jaquan McMillan, uh, or as or as Joe Buck called him all night, McMillian, which whatever he was playing worth a McMillian dollars, so I'm fine with it. Uh, you know that that play is not on Josh Allen's shoulders, but the the rest of the turnovers feel like they are, and his his turnovers were bad. The defense is not perfect. They got they got lucky in some spots. They they made some stops when they needed to. But what I watched in that game was I watched James Cook just just essentially cook them, it, it, to to for lack of a better term he he put them on the barbecue, grilled them up, and, and you know served them up for dinner. He was just busting through holes. He had really, I, I mean, he really only had a few uh, mistakes as as a running back. And that to me that's the thing that as as we watch this team moving forward, when we see them take on the the Vikings on Sunday night football, when we see them take on the Austin Eckler led Los Angeles Chargers, when we when we see them go up against teams that have good running backs, can they fix that problem? Right? The problem of not being able to stop the run because it did feel like James Cook was able to kind of do whatever he wanted to do. And so I get a little worried about that defensive line. They looked like they were getting pushed off the line. They looked like they were getting moved around. And 
it worked out against the Bills. They were able to to hold them out of the end zone. But again, I go back to a lot of that being the luck of Josh Allen playing poorly. And I know that luck is a big part of the game. We've talked about it about that in the past. The Broncos don't win the 2015 Super Bowl against the Panthers without luck throughout that entire season. Lady Luck carried that team a lot. That doesn't mean that you can't look at this team and go, well, uh, they got lucky a little bit against the Bills. I'm fine with it. Happy for it. They earned that luck. You generally earn the luck that you get. But that doesn't make me go, oh, they're golden, golden. And so there's a, there's a lot there to worry about. And this game has a measuring stick, which I think we've talked about in the past. We talked about it last week. This game's a measuring stick. That's one of those notches on the measuring stick that you have to take note of. How much of that is because the offense didn't convert those turnovers into touchdowns? Oh, I, absolutely. Yeah, because they... Because if the offense does anything, James Cook doesn't do anything. They can't run the football. If the Broncos are up two touchdowns the way they should have been, when you ha- when you win the turnover battle the way the Broncos did, they should have done what they did against the Chiefs. It should have been a more lopsided victory. So how much of that is on the offense, which credit to the Bills' defense, because they didn't give the Broncos' offense anything. So I, it, there is some give and take in all this. Absolutely. I, 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 it's a perfect point. So I... The thing is, and I'll go back to this, it's a great problem to be in if you're Sean Payton and Vance Joseph, knowing that you have these things to improve on, coming off a huge win on the road, and you can go back to your defense and say, yeah, you guys won the game, you created four turnovers, but you were leakier than a ship with a hole in it. Leakier than a submarine with... uh with screen door windows screen door windows that work screen door windows well done on my part i really like that one it's um yeah i'm not proud of that i'll come up with something better later make like should a tree have used and some get flex out seal yeah. oh, oh well you throw some flex seal on there you could you could do whatever you want that's what those guys on that underwater submarine that got imploded what was it called i can't remember they needed flex seal that's that's all they needed was some flex seal and maybe some duct tape in certain, I don't know. That's probably not true. <laughs> so it's a great problem to have. And I, I, I think we also need to give massive credit to Vance Joseph because we were two of the people calling yeah. for him to be fired Begging after that 70-point debacle. Then the, in the three-game winning streak, the Broncos' defense has been phenomenal in terms of points. I mean, to hold Josh Allen to under 200 yards passing – that doesn't happen. No. So he's a turnover machine, but he can. That is a high-powered offense. And they can move the ball at will, even though on that game, that, that potential game-winning touchdown that Josh Allen scored on his feet, that, was, that, that showed you how high-powered that offense is because they didn't even throw the ball on that drive, and they were able to move it 75 yards. So... so to hold him to under 200 yards passing and what Pat Sertan did to Stefan Diggs. Did you even hear Stefan Diggs's name last night? The one drop that he had. Yeah. That was it. That was the only time I, you know, to bring up Pat Sertan here. And I think it's a good point to make Pat Sertan as is he's falling into the 
category of guys like Louis Wright, who is, in my opinion, the first true shutdown corner in NFL history and does not get credit for it. Or your Darrell Revises of the world, or even your Champ Bailey's. Uh, although I would say Champ Bailey, not as much. Um, it, it's interesting that Pat Sertan isn't going to get the stats that great cornerbacks in quotation marks get because what you saw last night was Josh Allen going, well, I can't throw it to the guy that he's covering because that's Pat Sertan. And so the entire side of the field that he's on or whichever player he is blanketing doesn't, doesn't get looked at the touchdown that he threw to, uh, to Kincaid, that ball was supposed to go to Diggs. Who had digs on the on the the on the route? It was Sertan, and that was a mistake by Simmons, who just didn't didn't go with the the tight end. He should have. And so you're right, Pat Sertan, incredible. He's not going to get the props he deserves, and it's really too bad because because nobody's going to throw to him. Yeah, and I think that's why he's not going to get the Defensive Player of the Year acknowledgement that he should get because he's not getting the sacks like TJ Watt or Nick Bosa or Miles Garrett. He's not getting those stats when, and this is, as you talked about before we started recording in a fantasy driven props world, it's all about statistics. And that's a shame because to me, Pat Sertan is the best defensive player in football. He's absolutely the best corner. There's no doubt about that. And then you're you're right. He's in the conversation with the top two or three guys in the NFL. And it's about effect, right? It's about how you affect a game. And if you can take away a team's best weapon, which is what Stephon Diggs is outside of, I guess, Josh Allen. But if you can take away that best weapon and force a team to focus on their second and third and fourth options – You've affected the game. You've changed the way that 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 team is going to approach playing against you, and you haven't even really had a chance to touch the football. That that's amazing to me that you can have that kind of effect. That's why cornerbacks shut down corners are such an important uh, part of a defense, especially the type of defense that Vance Joseph wants to run. So I, I again we go back to those uh, a, a really good game. Uh, against the Bills, and now what we have to do is shift focus, right, and go, how do they ride that momentum from what they did in Buffalo against the Bills to a Sunday night football game against a Minnesota Vikings team that, uh, I don't know, that I don't, I don't know how you say it, but the Minnesota Vikings team that should not have won some of the games that they've won, right? Is that fair to say? I think it's fair. With a quarterback who's been there for two games, been pretty incredible. I, he was, but Josh Dobbs played well for the Cardinals before he got traded to the Vikings. But here's the thing. They haven't beaten anybody, especially the last two games. It's going to be a rock and mile high stadium. They beat the chiefs. They just went on the road and beat the Bills. This has been a this has been a fan base starved for this. And they are going to make a difference 
on Sunday night. That Mile High Stadium is going to be rocking for the first time since the Super Bowl year. And it is going to feel like a Broncos home game again. So that that's something to take into consideration here. I, I think and, you're right. Yeah. And I think you have things now that Sean Payton and his coaching staff can take from the last two games and say, we played really well. We won these two games against two really good teams. We can be even better and we need to be better. And I think that's why Sean Payton is such a great coach because he's going to have the expectation that it's great to win. You need to have the confidence to win. You need to have the belief to win. You have to win to believe you can win. We got at the beginning of the season, we had that debate about they need to learn how to not lose games to win games. And now they have that belief. But now Sean Payton can go to them and say, all right, we've done a few things. Let's get even better now. And to me, it's about limiting the mistakes. There were a couple those penalties on Monday night to well, me Lloyd, is the key Lloyd to the Cushenberry, game. Right? The Lloyd Cushenberry just yeah. was a, a penalty. Well, even machine. Mike McGlinchey. Yeah, Mike McGlinchey. Yeah. Mike McGlinchey played incredibly well. He only allowed two pressures all night, which was probably one of his better games as, as the Broncos right tackle. But the penalties. Stop shooting yourself in the foot and putting yourself in third and long or second and long, whatever it is. Because you can't do that against a Brian Flores coach defense who is going to blitz every opportunity he can get. So you have to be able to take advantage of the opportunities and not shoot yourself in the foot. So to me, that's the key to the, the game against the Vikings. And it starts with practice. Sean Payton has talked about this the last two weeks. They've won these games with the way they've practiced. And that needs to continue heading into Sunday night. Are you saying that they've had good weeks of practice? I am. Oh my goodness. Are we allowed Unintentionally. to say, are we allowed to say that? What's the rule on that? I you know what? Yes, because Sean Payton is now the head coach that's and right. they've actually converted it into winning games. See, that's the, that's the next step. No, I think your key is, is spot on. My key to the game is is exactly what I talked about before with James Cook, and it's stop the run. Uh, I know that when you look at this Vikings team, you know who who are their running backs. You know, you, you kind of well, it's Alexander Madison, and and uh, what's the, I can't even think of the guy, the other guy, and it's like well, you know you know whatever. But I go back to the way James Cook essentially just busted his way through the the Broncos defensive line and was able to just gain massive yards over and over and over again. And that to me is something that they have to fix because if you allow a team to run on you like that, eventually that's going to catch up to you, right? The luck that you have is going to run out. And I, I just think that stopping the run and allowing the, the defense to force Josh Dobbs to win the game, to force him to throw the football is important. And we don't know if Justin Jefferson is going to be on the field, but at the time of recording here, uh, we won't know until probably, I don't know, 
halfway through the week, then the injury report will come Probably out. won't even know until right before and, kickoff. And it'll probably be a game-time decision. He's been nursing that hamstring injury. And the, and the Vikings have been, I think, justifiably cautious with him in a season where you lose your starting quarterback and you're not really sure what uh, what your season is going to shape up to be. There's no reason to get your star player hurt more than he already is. So I, I understand that. But this could be the week to have him return. It's not like a, a late, late start, but you get the Sunday night game versus a Sunday afternoon or a Sunday morning game, whatever. It could be a situation where they choose to, to bring him back. That makes the, the task a little more difficult. But to me, it also means that you have to have that run game in check. You have to stop the run so that you can do some things in the passing game on defense that allow you to take a few more chances, that allow you to pin your ear backs on defense when you're rushing the, uh, the quarterback, that kind of thing. That, that all starts with stopping the run, which they did not do. I think James Cook, as I recall, had something like um, uh, 12 rushes for 109 yards. I don't know the math on that. But that feels like a lot of yards per rush, maybe close to 10, if, if my math is correct. P- probably not, though, because math is hard. I think it is close one, to 10. Yeah, it is. Huh. The one thing that uh, there is, uh, I liked Chris Hart's key to the game. And he, as I mentioned, Brian Flores loves to blitz. And Hart, for his key to the game, said, don't let Brian Flores blitz the Broncos offense into oblivion. And he said the best way to do that is with screen with the screen game and little dump off routes like wheel routes or whatever to the receivers and running backs. And that is something that the Broncos offense hasn't been extremely efficient at. They were good against the start the, Bills. the year. They were good. They at, were those little dump off plays and the little like flip things that that Russell Wilson was doing. Russ was doing that little flip thing. He did the one to uh, P Ryan and. I think he had one to, to Javante and I mean, that's it's improvised. It's clearly not what you want, but, but you're right. You bring up a good point there. You can't, they didn't look good when they were getting blitzed last night either. So the best way to counter a blitzing team is with those screen passes and little intermediate dump off routes and where it's not improvised. And again, this goes back to practice that's how you can win the game on Sunday night by working on that stuff through the week of practice when they get back on the practice field on Thursday. So I, I totally agree with Hart on his key to the game. And I, I think it's tied in with all of ours on stopping the run. It's, it's the things that they need to improve on that Peyton can go to the team and say, we did this, we won, here's where we need to get better. And I think that's where they can do it over the course of the week heading into the Vikings game to set themselves up for success. I like it. Players to watch. Let's jump into it. Um, and let's start on the defensive side of the ball. I think it's a good place for us to start. Uh, who's your player to watch? I'm going to go with the front seven because not only did they not stop the run, they didn't really pressure Josh Allen all that much. To me, that was all about the way that the secondary covered. They need to get pressure. They need to win the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball but especially on defense because that's how you are able to get Josh Dobbs to come back to earth a little bit is consistent pressure, taking away the running game, as you talked about for your key to the game. So to me, it's the front seven creating consistent pressure in both the running and passing game. 
I'm going to go with Jaquan McMillan. Not, I mean, McMillian's fine. Again, I like that. McMillian, that's neat. He's like, he's, he's very valuable. Uh, this is a guy who has essentially become a bit of a, a, a favorite, a fan favorite because of his play on the field. He's, he's become an, an essential piece of the defense. He's a big part of what they are doing. And, you know, he, he starts the game against the bills with a, with a great play, stripping the ball and, and, uh, getting you know getting that free possession there and and it you know those kinds of of things right those free possessions even if they don't result in points which is something that can be frustrating but you're stealing a possession away from the other team for yourself that's huge and just watching a guy like that who I, I mean quite frankly did anybody see him being what he is right now at the start of the season I didn't that's not somebody who I was keying on as Ooh, this is a guy who's going to make a huge impact so for for me, I just enjoy watching him continue to contribute, to get better every week, to to have that impact on the game that really is fun to watch. That to me is is why he is so much fun to watch, and so he's my player to watch just because I'm I'm always looking for him on almost on almost every play. Uh, offense, uh, not to be cliche, but I'm gonna go with the offensive line. They're they're gonna be huge. For I for running the ball, that's another way to offset a blitzing defense is to run the football effectively and pass protection. The the Broncos offensive line did I, I thought okay against the Bills defense. Okay. Okay. But now it's gonna be amped, it's gonna be amped up because as we said, Brian Flores loves to blitz, but like I love cake. So we'll see. We'll see how they do. It's going to, to me, who wins the line of scrimmage? And you could say this about any week. Sure. On any level of football, Most whoever of the time, wins yeah. the line of scrimmage consistently is going to win the game. So to me, it that that's, that's where it comes down is how the offensive line, do they bring in a, a, a sixth offensive lineman? Do they use a tight end to help out? Because... Makes a difference. Makes a difference. I, you know what? I'm. I, I can't believe I'm gonna say this, but I'm gonna go with Russ. Uh, because Russ has been a, a fascinating quarterback. He is not dominating games. There's, there's no way you can say that Russell Wilson has been a dominating quarterback this season. But he's done the things that need to be done to get the wins recently, in particular. And I, I go to that that touchdown pass to Cortland Sutton. Uh, some of that's luck, right? I mean, he's throwing that while he's falling backwards, being chased and harassed, and he's he's creating that play. But then there's a little bit of luck of did he place that in the right spot? He nailed it perfectly. Can he do that? You know, nine out of ten times, probably not. You're probably looking at three out of ten times on that play. But still, that's three chances that most most quarterbacks wouldn't create, and it looks like especially in the last couple of games, he has been able to find a way to run Sean Payton's offense. He audibled a few times against the Bills into some really good plays that his understanding of the offense is getting better every week. His application of the offense is getting better every week. And to me, that means that as the season continues to progress, we should see a steady progression of his play throughout and the way that he 
applies what he's trying to do. Again, I go back to those audibles, those few audibles. He did some wipe-offs. He did some 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 cross-the-arm thing. I don't know what any of it means, but he, clearly he was switching stuff up, and then those plays worked. The times that I saw him audible, those plays worked. And it, it seems like he and Sean Payton, are they have a connection going right now. So I, I'm, I'm fascinated at watching Russell Wilson play. And, yes, I know picking the quarterback is also cliche, but – it's a quarterback-driven league. What are we talking about here? That's what, that's what we're supposed to do. So, uh, score prediction? I wrote mine down. I've written it down. It's sitting here. I've got it. I'm ready to say it, but I'm going to let you go first. I'm going to go Broncos 24-17. Get out of here. That's what I wrote down. Here, do you want me to show it to you? Do you believe me? I, that's, what, that's what I wrote down. Yeah, I totally do. Broncos. 24-17 Broncos. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, this this is a team that seems like when they win games they score about twenty four points, and when they lose games they score about twenty two. <laughs> does that does that sound about right? At least it's more than seventeen. God, could could you imagine if they only scored seventeen? I think I might throw something. Not really. I I don't really get angry at the at the at the TV anymore. Remember they used to make those um, squishy balls, the squishy like puff balls that you could throw at the TV when your football team didn't do the thing that you wanted it to do. And when you had those big tube TVs, that was fine. But now, even with the squishy balls, if you threw it at the flat screens, it just ruined them. Don't throw things at your TVs, folks. I, I, those videos of people breaking things because their football team lost a game. Really, you're going to let, you know, 52 guys that you don't even know ruin your Sunday? Come on, figure it out, dude. Let's not let's not cost ourselves money. Anything else we got to do about, about the Broncos here? I will just add, for anyone who watched the Manning cast, how awesome is it? to have Peyton Manning refer to the Broncos as R as he did on that first, that first fumble of the game by, by James Cook. Yes. We got the ball. That's our ball. That's our Can ball. I say R? Can I say R? Uh, yes, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Peyton. Peyton. You can. We love having you. You're, 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 you're free to stay. I mean, he did stay. He retired and then stayed. I, and it's funny because I, he was talking about that with, with Eli, uh, cause Eli was kind of pointing it out and calling him out for it and whatnot. And, and he did say, you know, yeah, if we did some it's been cold, eight years, Yeah, he did say, if we did some Colts games, you know, I might, I might also say the words we and our and, and whatnot, but I don't think I believed that. Maybe that's just my heart telling me that he's a Denver Bronco. And I know that, you know, he spent most of his career in Indianapolis. I, I get that. The man did not return to Indianapolis after he retired, and he doesn't do the schedule release with Indianapolis. And I, I don't know how often he goes. And I know he lives in Denver. His kids are growing up in Denver and blah, 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 blah. He's ours. The The, the boy is mine, as uh, Brandy and the other singer would say. I don't remember who sings that song with her. Now I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but it's, it's a good reference. Look up the song. Uh, he, he belongs to the Denver Broncos. Now he's, he's, he's ours. You can't have him back. He's ours now. Ha <laughs> ha. I don't know. Should we whip around the league? Should we? <laughs> let's do it. Let's do that. Um, all right, let's AFC West to begin. Let's see here. We got chargers. I'm looking at the schedule chargers, Packers, uh, chiefs, Eagles, and the Raiders play the I, Dolphins. I'll just, I'll just say that Eagles Chiefs game huge is going to be fascinating. So much fun. I, I can't wait. I literally can't wait. We get to see the sexiest man alive play center for the Eagles, which is which is great. Go Jason Kelsey. Uh and Taylor Swift's boyfriend. So, you know, good for good for him. That's that's neat. I 
Did your wife talk to you about the fact that she changed the words to the song because of some song about something and she said something about a player for the Chiefs? Did she? Did you hear about that? No, I did not. I, I My wife started talking to me about that and I looked at her and I was like, well, so? I couldn't, I didn't, like good for good for them, I guess. I don't, I, I don't begrudge anybody their happiness. I hope that they're happy. That's that's fun. Good for them. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure maybe maybe she'll be in in Kansas City for the game against the the Eagles because it's it is a family affair. And again, I I just I love the fact that Jason Kelsey is one of the sexiest men alive. That cracks me up because of course he is. Because why not? I will say the the fact that the game is in Kansas City is big. But the other thing, the Chiefs are coming off of a bye. Andy Reid has a ridiculous record coming off of a bye. He don't lose. He's like he's like 15 and 1 or something like that. And I with the way the Chiefs defense is playing right now, I I that's going to be an interesting game. That's going to be an interesting game. Now the Eagles are also coming off a bye. I don't Very know. That, I don't know that Nick Sirianni has the same record as Andy Reid because I don't think that Nick Sirianni is old enough to have the same record as Andy Reid does. Um, but you know, two teams, Super Bowl contenders. This is a Super Bowl uh, matchup that is. I, I mean, quite frankly, it could it could be a preview and a review. And I mean, this is a, this is a game that is is going to be fun to watch and I'm I'm excited about it. I can't wait to stay up on Monday night of next week to to be able to do that. Um let's see. And what did it, I say? The fact that it's on Monday night yeah. is a classic Monday night game. It's, it's like, coming up. This was a game that was going that that 20 years ago would have been on Monday night football. So kudos to the NFL for putting this game on Monday night. Got to love it. Uh Raiders Dolphins, I hope that the Raiders have what happened to the Broncos happen to them uh, when they go play in Miami. Although I don't know that that's what's going to happen. The, the Raiders have played. The Dolphins will win this game. The Dolphins will win this game. Uh, you know, uh, there's no doubt about it. Traveling traveling east for a West Coast team. We've, we've talked about that. It's the the, the noon game in at Central Time. It's morning for a West Coast team. The, the sort of the ancillary stuff plays against the Raiders. And like you said, even with Antonio Pierce taking over after the firing of, of McHoodie Jr., um, who have they beat? Nobody, really. So, you know, call me call me when they beat somebody. If they beat the Dolphins, if they go to Miami and beat the Dolphins, uh, my ears will perk up and I'll start paying attention to that. But until that they happens, beat like, the, you know. They beat the Giants and the Jets. Yeah. Let's let's not we'll just pump start our throwing any parades in yeah. Vegas, please. Well, Two of the parade. worst teams in football. Yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. Not. I mean, yeah. Like I said, once they beat somebody, if they beat the Dolphins, my ears will perk up and I'll pay attention. Until then, uh, let's see. Let's see what happens, right? And then the Chargers play the Packers. Um, I think the Packers beat them. I I mean, it's hard to say that I think the Chargers are going to win a game. Because I just they are the they are exactly the type of team that you think they are. They they are going to figure out a way to lose. They probably should have beat the Lions, but they couldn't. Do they it. should have. They, but their defense is horrible, awful, which is crazy. You're telling me that that the the talent level on that defense isn't enough to make that a good defense. Derwin James and uh, Joey Bosa and, and Khalil Mack, and you can't you can't win. You can't. What? 
I just blows me away. It blows me I, away. I, I will say five years ago. Yeah. Both all three of those guys would make for a great defense. Not now. You're, you're telling and me that father time is undefeated. Yes. And because you have Brandon Staley as your head coach, Doesn't which help. keep him there as long as you want, please keep him. You're wasting Justin Herbert. So absolutely keep it going. Keep on. But the two games that I am looking at are both AFC North games. You have the Bengals at the Ravens on Thursday night. And how the Steelers are six and three is beyond me. I can tell you how. I know exactly how. It's Mike Tomlin. Their defense. It's Mike Tomlin. And and Mike Tomlin. If, if I, Here's what I will say about Mike Tomlin. I would trade Sean Payton for Mike Tomlin right now. And I like Sean Payton. I have no problem with Sean Payton. I, I, I like we talked about at the beginning of the show. Sean Payton is an excellent coach. He might be the best coach in the NFL. Mike Tomlin is is special. I hate saying that because I hate the fact that the Steelers just keep ending up with like a head coach for their entire career for like 30 years and then they get into like they've, been, they've had three head coaches in the last 190 years or something like that. Mike Tomlin is special. And yeah. They have, you know, a, a horrible quarterback and their team isn't great and their offense str- Mike Tomlin's just a great coach. He just is. He's he's a Hall of Fame coach. He deserves he deserves all of the accolades he gets and so I'm going to I'm going to heap them on top of him and then say they're going to lose to the Browns because that Browns defense is insane. Well, they've already beaten the Browns once this year sure, and yeah. faced that defense because the Steelers defense is just as good. Because you have a guy equally as good, if not better, than Miles Garrett and TJ Watt. And how insane is it when you look at the the players, the fastest to 100 sacks or whatever it is, you have Reggie White, and then you have two Watts. That's crazy. How insane is that? JJ Watt, and then you have his brother. Like JJ Watt was like the modern day Reggie White. And now you're going to say that his brother is just as good? Well, That's crazy. Let me just let me just say that JJ Watt gets too too many accolades because he's not as good as Von Miller. Am I allowed to say that? No, you're out. You, Von Miller won a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl MVP. And I, the last thing I'll say: best team in football still, 49ers. If they play the way they did. That was like uh, that was like a sleeping giant that that sort of like all of a sudden woke up and was like, oh, that's right, we're supposed to stomp on people. And we actually said this last week. I think it's important to point out. We talked about this. The 49ers last season went through a period of what I would consider to be some doldrums, where they didn't perform very well. They lost to the Broncos. So uh, th- this is not a surprise to me that they they snapped out of it and just absolutely slapped the Jaguars. Uh, they curb stomped. It was mean. Jacksonville. Was In mean. Jacksonville. Yeah. They went down to Duval and did some terrible things to them. I, I mean, usually, usually go to prison for what the 49ers did to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I mean, yikes. Who's worried I mean, the about Jaguars Baker Mayfield were, right now? The Jacksonville Jaguars had won five games in a row. They were six and two coming into that game. 
and they lost 34 to three. Wow. Now I get it. What Dan Campbell and the lions are doing, but if you have a healthy Christian McCaffrey, Debo and Trent Williams, which they they had, they didn't have two of the last three in that losing streak, heading into the the game against Jacksonville. That 49ers team, and now you add Chase Young, yeah, to Nick Bosa. I forgot about that. I totally forgot about that. I mean, just it feels unfair. It just feels a little unfair.